Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's Ben here. I'm delighted to be joined by Steve Gordon today from The Unstoppable CEO. Hi, Steve. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Ben. Great to be here. And you're in sunny Florida. Is that right? I am. I, well, actually, I should, to be honest, it's not sunny today, but uh, <laughs> normally we are, yes. A little while ago, I interviewed um, a really interesting guy, Jeremy, and he was in Singapore. And I I stayed in Singapore for a week once and loved the place. And it was just in my mind, it's just all sunshine. So I was asking him, is it sunny outside? He said, well, Ben, it's 10 PM. So no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But minor details. (laughs) I really want to dive into some questions around you and your business. It's a fascinating area and and services that you provide to consultants particularly. But do you want to just start things off by giving us a brief background about yourself and what led you up to the formation of the unstoppable CEO? Yeah, so I, I actually did not start off in marketing. I have a technical background. Um, I have a, a degree in this little tiny discipline of engineering called geomatics, which most people listening to this will have no idea what that is. No. Uh, but it, it, if you've used Google Maps, um, then you you can thank somebody who has has that technical background. Um, but it <laughs> has everything to do with mapping and, and modeling uh, the Earth, and uh, and so for the first, I guess. 12 years or so of my career, I was in that business and uh, went to work out of college for uh, a consulting company that did that work. I uh, got asked, I was really actually very, very fortunate. I got asked by the founder. He'd kind of taken me under his wing um, and mentored me. And uh, I'd been there for about four years and he asked me to take over as CEO. So I was 28 and I didn't know anything about running a business, but wow. um, I was his exit plan apparently and, <laughs> and uh, kind of got thrown into the fire. So, sorry, uh, what did he, what did he see in you? What, what was it about you that he said, right, this 28 year old kid should be our next CEO. The thing that led me to start my current business, which, you know, is all around helping, um, you know, professionals really be able to go out and market and grow their businesses was probably, you know, it was birthed out of, whatever he saw in me there because mm. I was the technical guy who could go out and talk with other human beings. And um, I don't know if you've been around, you know, companies where you have a lot of engineering types, but a yeah. lot of times the engineering types want to just go be with the technology. There's nothing wrong with that. You need those people. Um, but I was able to sort of bridge the gap. And uh, oh, so okay. I think that was probably it. <laughs> I was surrounded by engineers during my college days, my university days. So I, I do understand this. <laughs> I managed to stay friends with them both. So that's good. Okay. And that brings us to the next phase of the unstoppable CEO. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, I, you know, I was, I was with that first firm for about 12 years. And then uh, in 2010, I decided to, um, to really focus on what I love doing, which is, trying to figure out how you take, you know, a, a really hard to sell business, whether it's a, you know, a consulting firm or professional practice or, you know, an, an expert's business where you've got something that people don't wake up in the morning and want to buy. And, um, you know, I really just am fascinated by 
how do you create a system, you know, to generate clients for those businesses? And so mm-hmm. in, uh, in 2010, um, we started uh, the Unstoppable CEO, and then we um, recently in the last couple of years started uh, something called the Unstoppable Agency, where we actually will not only you know, work with a client on the, the marketing strategy, but implement it for them. Um, because most of the people that we work with just, that's, that's not what they wake up in the morning wanting to do. They didn't wake up and say, I want to really be a marketer. They, <laughs> uh, you know, they love working with their clients. And, yeah. um, and so we take that off. off. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. how we got to this point. Nice. I'm really curious as to the concept of pre-selling and it's something you address on your website. So can I ask you, what is the art of pre-selling? So um, if you've ever felt like you went to a sales training and there were, there were those magic words, that certain way that you had to Mm. ask the question to get the, you know, the prospect positioned perfectly where they could only buy from you and there was no other logical answer for them. Um, or there were these magic, you know, closing words that if you just used those, that the clients would whip out their checkbook, but you could never master them. If you ever were like, God, this, I can't get this. Then really what you would rather do is you would have the client show up to that initial meeting already having in their mind been sold on the fact that you're their guy or, you know, you're their gal if, if, Mm. you know, if that's appropriate. And, um, I, I, I just always think that's the experience that, that every business owner wants. You want people that are coming to you that have, um, already kind of made the decisions that they need to make. We tell our clients there are, uh, there are really three purchases that happen in, in every new client process. It's, uh, you know, at, at the very beginning, the, the potential client has to buy the idea that they have a problem and that it is a problem worth investing in to solve because if they don't buy into that, they're never going to become your client. And then if they buy into that, then they've got to buy in into the idea that you're the one for them. And if they buy into that, then, and only then will they buy what you're selling. And so if you can take care of those first two buys, before you're across the table from them, then that meeting that, you know, that you're having with them, that sales meeting or whatever you want to initial consultation, whatever you call it, uh, is really a whole lot more fun and a lot easier. Definitely. So that's what pre-selling is all about. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think people would love to hear that. It's music to their ears. The fact that they don't rely on sales tricks and techniques to Wolf of Wall Street stuff to uh, convince people to work with them. What one issue I, I imagine that consultants of any industry would face is the nice to have problem versus the must have, or what, what do they call it? The, the vitamin versus the painkiller. Right. Have, have you, um, I don't know, experienced or had that issue with consultants where they're trying to focus on the nice to haves and not enough on the painkiller, or is that not an issue? Uh, it's almost always an issue. Right. And I, I think, um, you know, we, we tend to, as experts, fall in love with our solutions, <laughs> you know? And so if you go to your, you know, your association meeting where you're around everyone that's, that's in your industry and people are talking about how their clients should do this and they should know that and, you know, and you hear that word should a lot, right. that's an indication that you've probably fallen in love with the solution and you're not necessarily going to go out and communicate 
in terms that the, the prospect cares about. And that's really where, you know, so we talked about the, the, that first kind of buying decision that they, they make is that they have a problem and the problem is worth investing in to solve. Yeah. Okay. If, if they go, yeah, I have a problem, but it's not worth anything to me. doesn't matter whether they should do it or not. In your mind, they're not going to invest to solve it. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, you've got to be communicating with them in a way that's much more about, um, about that, that problem that they have rather than um, about, you know, the thing they should do to solve it. And I think that's a big distinction that a lot of people miss. Yeah. Perhaps not so much for consultants, but certainly when I speak to tech companies, the HR tech companies and startups, they have a premise. So we're building a product to do X and they think that customers will buy it, but it's not until they actually pull out the checkbook and, and pay for it. So you've really got to test and then test again. It's a bit easier when we're consultants because we can do it in person and discuss and progress. But yeah, it's really interesting that side of things. Can I ask you about the actual four-part marketing system that's I know you work with companies to implement and there are four elements to it, but there's the target 100 solution. It's a podcast prospecting method, the always there follow-up and then the pre-selling presentation. Do you want to give us a walkthrough of those elements? Yeah. So, you know, I, I always like to kind of boil things down because marketing especially can be really, really complicated these yeah. days. I mean, there's a, a million ways that, that you can market and, um, and by and large they all work and that, that makes it even more complicated because then you're faced with all of these fairly good choices. Um, but you can't do all of that. And so what, what we've kind of seen over the last 10 years is that there are a few things that, that just work again and again and again, uh, particularly for, uh, for businesses that are selling what we like to call high, high ticket and high trust products and services, you know, where you're selling something that's, you know, at a minimum, several thousand dollars and probably more likely five, six or seven figures for your client. Um, And it requires a great deal of trust. They have to really trust you to, to believe that you can help them. Um, And and that's kind of where those, that, that four part system um, comes from. And so the first part of that is, is the target 100. And chances are, if you're selling at that high ticket, you don't need thousands and thousands of clients every year. In fact, for a lot of businesses, uh, particularly on the service side, you get a hundred clients in a year and it probably breaks your business. <laughs> you know, for some consultants, if they got 10, it would break their business, yeah. 10 really large clients. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you, you can work with a smaller universe of potentials. Um, and, and, that's what the target 100 really is. It's about getting very clear and specific about who you want to work with and then going deep with that small group. And, you know, hundreds, a nominal number. Yeah. You might have 75 or you might have 250, but the point is we're going to know these prospects by name and we're going to communicate with them regularly and consistently and in a way that is personalized and focused on the problems that they're likely to have and the consequences of those problems. Um, and you can only really do that if you get specific. Um, and, and the contrast to that is what a lot of people do, which is they'll go, oh, well, I'm going to go out to the internet and I might go to LinkedIn or I might go to Facebook or, you know, or I'm just going to try SEO. You know, I'm going to go out to the, the internet at large. And I'm, it's like wading into the ocean with 
you know, one of those little nets that you use to scoop fish out of the fish tank <laughs> and hope that you come across a fish that will get in your net. Yeah. You know, there's lots of fish out there. There's like all the fish you could ever imagine, but the likelihood of you stepping in front of one is small. Um, and so, you know, we, we want to kind of round them up and know who we're going after. So that, that's the, the target 100 solution. Nice. Uh, I recently shared a, a Seth Godin article where he's talking about the free market. I don't know if he calls it a myth, but basically that the larger markets get monopolies start to form. It wasn't quite what he was talking about, but in my mind for consultants or any business, a way to strengthen your position against the risk of that sort of stuff happening to your business is to position and really understand your target market and position yourself really strongly and be focused. So it's a bit like wading into the, the ocean with the net. If you've determined the exact type of fish that you're after and what's the, the best method of catching that, then you're going to have a much better outcome. You're moving on to the second, the podcast prospecting method, I believe. Well, yeah. And, and just to, to follow on to, to what you just said, because I think that's an important point. It, you know, I, I like to think in terms of, of kind of a, a perpetually replenishing list of opportunity, yep. right? So if we think in terms of, you know, if I go into any market, I can find at least a hundred people. I, I have yet to find any client over the last 10 years who, who was able to define a market that was too small to sustain a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't exist. There's seven plus billion people on the planet. <laughs> so um, the, the, the numbers are in your favor. And if you think, okay, if I put together a list of a hundred as my working list, well, two things are going to happen with the people on that list. You're, you're going to close clients and then you're going to disqualify some people. And if you think of it as like a little conveyor belt and every time you take one off because they either became a client or they're not a fit mm. and you then replenish them, you know, that, that group of a hundred that you now can focus on and you can get your arms around it. You can really know them by name. You'll never run out because you'll always be able to add, you know, every year you'll be able to add the next 20 or 30 or another hundred if you need to, you'll never run out of prospects. Nice. That's one of the reasons I really like that because it, from a visualization standpoint it, with business owners, they start to go, Oh yeah, there's really like an unlimited number of prospects, which gets you into abundance thinking rather than scarcity thinking. And I think that's yeah, the, the mindset is so important. Do your clients ever get scared or overwhelmed when you say, all right, we're going to come up with a list of a hundred. Do they think, oh, how, how on earth am I going to manage that? Yes. Most of them can't get a hundred. <laughs> if they get 10 or 20, and what we do is we create an ideal client profile with yep. them. And we have a process that we take them through to kind of help get, to get the answers out of their head because they usually know it, but they're not necessarily always asking the right yeah. questions to, to get there. And with that profile, then we'll take the 10 or 20 or however many that they come up with, but then we'll go do the research and we'll, uh, we'll find other companies that fit that profile and bring them back and say, okay, well, here's a list of, you know, 250 that, that might fit, you know, take a look at these. Mm. If they generally look like they fit, guess what? We don't just have a hundred, we got 250. So we can start with a hundred of them and, you know, and then start going through that process. That's really the sales process. If you think about it is we either want to see who's ready to buy now or who will never buy. And the faster we can figure out those two things, the, the better off we are. And so it's great if we disqualify people because we've got, you know, like in this case where we've gone and researched more than, than the hundred they need, we got another batch that we're going to just pull right in behind it. And, and that's how we kind of get to where 
you know, we know who we're, we're going after. So, yeah. so that's the first part of it. And then nice. what we do in, in the second piece, which is called podcast prospecting, uh, which I actually, um, since, since you and I talked last, uh, my new book, which is titled podcast prospecting, um, is, uh, is out now. It's out. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, and so in fact, we can maybe tell people later where they can get a copy, but definitely, um, cause I, I'd love to give it to, to all your listeners. Um, but we then invite those people to a podcast that you host. So, you know, and, and what we do for our clients is we'll, we do all the back end heavy lifting of it, you know, so they don't have to do any technical work. They just show up and talk on an interview like this yeah. where they're able to connect with either a potential client or a center of influence, somebody who could refer them to clients. And it's a great way to start a relationship with someone that's not about sales. And then in the process, you learn enough usually about the other person to discover whether or not, if it's, you know, if you're talking to a potential client, whether or not they might be qualified. Um, and you will learn enough about that other partner to understand, Hey, can I, you know, can I play the game with this person? Will they be reciprocal? Cause now I've invited them on. I'm going to share them with everybody in my database mm. because I'm going to take this podcast interview and email it out. You know, are they going to be willing to reciprocate? And so it all, it, it sort of tees up that referral relationship right off the bat. Um, and we've got a really easy model for people to kind of pivot and, um, and, you know, see if there's a, a business opportunity. And, uh, you know, we just, we have our clients ask one real simple question um, of the person they're interviewing at the end of the interview, just say, hey, you know, um, Ben, if, if we're talking a few years from today, what has to happen for you to feel really happy with your progress? It's actually a question that, that one of my mentors came up with, a guy named Dan Sullivan. Mm. Um, in fact, you can, he wrote a short little book. It'll take you like 10 minutes to read called the Dan Sullivan question. The, uh, you can find it on Amazon. Um, and we just, we love it because it's such a simple little kind of easy to ask question. You've just had a great 30 minute or 45 minute interview conversation with this person. Um, so they're feeling really good about it because they just got to talk all about themselves. Right? Yeah. And, um, and now you're asking them, well, okay, what are your goals? Where are you going in the future? And oh, okay. they'll, they'll share with you you know, what their goals are. And, um, and out of that, that's going to tell you if there's an opportunity because the only way yeah. you're ever going to serve them, ever going to get them as a client is if you can come in and plug in to where they're going and you can help them get to that future point, get to those goals either more quickly or more easily or do it better, you know? And so it's very easy then to come, you know, at the end of that, they, they tell you their goals. It's really easy to come back and say, Hey Ben, that's really, that's amazing. I had no idea. Thanks for sharing all that. You know, I, I interview people all the time on, on the podcast. There's probably some people I could connect you with that would help you. And I may have some other ideas that would, would be helpful. You want to get together for 15 or 20 minutes on Tuesday and we can, you know, um, we can kind of brainstorm that a little bit. Nice. That's really clever. And I love the fact that it ties into the, that magic word you mentioned earlier, should. We're not saying to them, you should be fixing this, you should be doing that. It's what are the goals? Potentially, what's the gap there? And what do you need to do to reach those goals? And now you actually can understand what their problems are rather than try and be prescriptive. Well, absolutely. And then you can come back later. And, you know, 
you'll, you know, if you do this, there are going to be people that you can't help and that's okay for whatever reason. Um, but when you have that follow-up conversation, um, you can connect them with people that you've interviewed, you know, because you're going to have this expanding and very healthy network. Uh, it's interesting how, how that is just kind of a natural byproduct of, of a podcast. And, um, you know, more often than not, you're going to find an opportunity in their goals. If you've picked those people strategically, mm. you're going to find an opportunity where you could add value. So then it's really easy. It's not a salesy thing. It's just, you know, I might come to you and say, Hey Ben, you know, you were telling me about this goal and I think we could help you get there faster. Would you be open to talking about what that would look like? Nice. And so what was the actual question? What was the wording to the question? I like it. So, yeah. So the, 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 uh, and, and Dan Sullivan gets all the credit for this. So, um, look <laughs> Thank for you, Dan. On, yeah. But it, the, um, the way that it's worded is you would just say, you know, Ben, I, I learned a ton from our interview together. Uh, I, I'm really curious if we're talking three years from today, what has to happen for you to feel really happy with your progress? Uh. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody gets asked those sorts of questions. And so it'll stop them. They'll pause. It's amazing. People will just pause. <laughs> when I first used it, I'd get worried. Like, did I, like, did I, them? <laughs> did I frighten them what off? What happens is they start really thinking because it actually turns in, it turns out to be a fairly deep question yeah. and they'll tell you exactly where they want to go business wise. And you can actually add to that, you know, what, what has to happen personally and professionally. So, you know, uh, the, it'll really lay out a lot of great stuff um, <laughs> for you as raw material to then have a conversation about how you can help. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, so now you're not pitching them. You're, you're kind of coming in and, and supporting their goals, which is yeah. what everybody really wants anyway. So, I so know that's the, the second piece. Yeah. But in the HR world, people leave HR roles, whether that's training and employment law, whatever, but they leave an internal expert subject matter expert role to become a consultant. They don't leave to then become a salesperson. So this is a great method for that. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, so much of what we've created for our clients is stuff that I created for myself because <laughs> I, you know, I, I sat in all of the sales training and I never could master the magic question and, and mm. the perfect close and all of that yeah. crazy stuff. So, but I found that if I could engage with people about what their goals were, and then I could figure out creatively a way to help them get there, that it was actually really pretty easy to sell. And it was a lot of fun. Nice, I like it. So what's the third element, the always there follow-up? So, you know, at this stage we've opened relationships. Yeah. Okay. And we've opened relationships with people that we want to do business with, but they might not all be ready to do business with us today for any number of reasons unrelated to us. And Ben, I don't know. Can I ask you a, a personal question? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever been to a conference where you got a bunch of business cards and then they, you know, maybe just stayed at the bottom of your briefcase from the conference for like a year? Um, uh, thank goodness this is a podcast, so you can't see me blushing. Um, it, it may have happened. <laughs> I've done that a few times myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I used to have in, in my first business before I really early on in my career, uh, I, I, I really, you know, didn't know how to effectively market. That's one of the, the things that, that I really spent a lot of time studying, yeah. but I had a, in my desk drawer, you know, top desk drawer on like, <laughs> a 
you know, if, if you could see me, you could see I'm reaching down to where it was, <laughs> you know, where I'd have the drawer full of the business cards that I'd collected from all the networking events that I went to. Nice. And none of them got followed up with. I didn't know how to follow up with them. Well, the great thing about the podcast, one of the reasons we use that, it's not that we love podcasting for podcasting's sake, but it allows us to do an awful lot uh, of really powerful marketing without a lot of, of effort on the part of, of the consultant or the business owner, because we're, you know, we've already talked about how we're using it to connect directly with the kinds of people that can move your business forward. But then we record those interviews and they turn into really great follow-up material. That's interesting that will help hold the attention of your prospects over time. Hmm. And so now you've got, let's, you know, so if you're doing, let's say four interviews a month, you've got a really great content piece to email out to everyone in your database and stay top of mind with them forever, once a week in an interesting way. That's not all about you and what you sell, which would be boring to most people. Yeah. And it's a great little kind of Trojan horse to carry your sales message. So in every one of those messages, you have, you know, a really kind of innocuous call to action in there, you know, which might be, you know, if, if, if you're ready to really sort out your, your uh, HR systems, you know, and I, I don't know what a good call yeah. to action, you know, might, yeah. I guess would depend for consult, you know, which, what they're consulting on, but you get the idea, something really simple, you know, click here to, uh, you know, book a, a 15 minute right fit call or something mm. uh, where somebody could book in. So you could have that every week that call to action is going out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. when prospects are ready, they know right what to do. It's, it's there in front of them. Brilliant. It reminds me of a phrase I love saying is sell without selling. So this is yeah. just subtly reminding them that you're there and you can help them if they need so, some of that help. Yeah, that's really Absolutely. good. The final element is the pre-selling presentation. What's that all about? Sometimes you'll have prospects who will kind of sit there in your follow-up for a long time. And we want to give them a reason on a regular basis to take action in some way, to kind of take a step forward. And, it, you know, by putting on a, a presentation that gives them a focused experience, you know, where they're coming in for an hour or 90 minutes, whether it's virtual you know, it could be done as a webinar or a Zoom meeting or something like that, or it can be done live. Mm. You know, so if, if all of your prospects are local to you, you can invite them in um, to, a, a, you know, a, an executive briefing uh, that you do maybe once a month or every other month. And it, it just gives you a great way to see who's ready now because it's an event. You know, so in, you have that little call to action in all of the emails. Well, those are always available. But we also want to have something that creates some urgency for people where you say, hey, I'm doing a presentation all around the, the biggest, most painful problem you're facing right now as, you know, an, an HR executive. And because it's a presentation, it's happening at a certain date, at a certain time, and they've got to make a decision. Am I going to attend or not? <laughs> and when you make prospects, when you force them to, to make a decision, you'll learn an awful lot about who's ready. So the ones right. that say, okay, yeah, I'm, I need to attend that. They're more ready than the ones who don't respond to it most of the time, you know? And so it, it helps you identify which prospects to focus on in, in the immediate term. Yeah. So that's how all the kind of pieces fit together. 
Okay. Well, on that pre-selling presentation, I was going to ask the question, you answered it, of why not just make that a video? So if you're listening to this, the idea is, of course, is that if it's a live presentation, it, there's more intensity or a demonstration of a, a need there. And people are almost putting up their hands to say, I could probably do with some help in this area. Is that the idea? That's exactly it. Yes. Right. Yeah, I love that. That's very clever. That's an excellent system. Obviously works well. I know that business owners get bombarded all the time with different marketing tools. You need to be on Facebook and you need to be on Instagram and you should be running a Google retargeting campaign. And how do they decide what to do? And does this perform better against those other options? Well, I mean, I think all of it can work if you're willing to, uh, you know, sort of embrace whatever strategy you choose and master it. But where I see most businesses kind of getting stuck and, and not getting the results that they want is when they dabble in one kind of marketing for a little while and then they'll dabble in the next one. You know, so they might do Facebook ads, you know, driving to a webinar. That's been really popular over the last few mm. years. Um, then they might say, okay, well, that didn't really work for me. So I'm going to do cold outreach on LinkedIn for a while because I saw – you know, uh, a webinar on that or something. And then they, they, you know, jump to the next thing and the next and the next. And the people who are really successful with any strategy commit to it for the long haul and they master it. And, um, and that doesn't mean that you have to wait forever to get any results, but it, what it generally means, and I think this is true of most things in life that, um, for you to get the maximum results, I mean, that's, that really comes when you've gotten to a point where you understand all of the little nuances and details of how to make something work. Um, and so I, I think one, one of the things people need to be, um, I think really mindful of as they're trying to determine which marketing methods to use, mm. is they need to understand themselves and, um, and kind of understand what fits their personality. Yeah, I agree. You know, so a podcast isn't for everyone. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, for some people they, they wouldn't want to be, you know, on, in a conversation like this, that, that yeah. wouldn't, that wouldn't get them excited. Although I found this is more accessible probably than any other medium yeah. for people, but for some, some people are writers, you know, um, I, I'm very comfortable sitting down and writing for years. I had a, a daily, uh, email newsletter every weekday. I would write <laughs> to my email list. I've written thousand over a thousand emails easily over about a four year period. And, uh, you know, but there's not a, you know, one out of a hundred business owners, maybe one out of a thousand or one out of 10,000 other business owners would ever do that. Right. It's not for everybody. So mm -hmm. you, you have to kind of know yourself and know, um, know what fits you. Um, you know, and, and paid ads are, uh, I see a lot of people running to that and there's nothing wrong with them at all. I'm not critical of that as a medium because if you can get it to work and, and it's a profitable way to acquire customers, why wouldn't you? Yeah. But you have to have some patience to do that. And you have to have an offer that you already know converts before you go to, to things like, you know, any kind of paid media uh, or you're going to go broke really quickly. So I, I think, you know, a lot of people try these things and they just get, they kind of get turned around. And I think the most important thing is figure out what, what's going to fit you. And, um, and then, you know, if you're not an expert marketer and don't want to become one, go get the team that you need 
and that will speed you up. Yeah. No matter what you what no matter what method you choose. That makes sense. I've got one more question on the marketing side, and that is around the referrals. So vast majority of HR consulting firms that I talk to rely heavily on referrals to win new business, whether that's a planned strategy or if it's just naturally occurring. And I often say it's it's a bit like the iceberg. You're only getting the tip of the iceberg in terms of the referrals. And I know you have a clever strategy to, I don't know, accelerate or improve the referral rate. So do you want to share some ideas on that or a particular tactic you might suggest? Yeah. So um, at, my first book was actually on this topic. Um, it's called Unstoppable Referrals. And um, and, and in that book, I, I laid out the strategy that we still use in our own business and, and that, that we teach our clients. Um, and, and it fits with the four pieces that, that we talked about. Um, in fact, the podcasting is kind of a, an integral part of it. Uh, the basic idea is that if, if all you do is what, what we're all traditionally taught with referrals, which is, you know, Ben, I might come to you and say, so Ben, do you know anybody that needs, you know, some, some marketing help this week? <laughs> and you'd scratch your head and you'd go, no, I can't think of anybody. Or if you did think of somebody, maybe you thought of a client right? Yeah. Then you've got to, you've got some math to do in your head because you've got to decide God, this, this client this has been a client of mine for five years. They paid me maybe 50,000 or $100,000, <laughs> probably going to retain them for another five years. And I'm going to make at least that much going forward. Am I willing to risk a $200,000 relationship? you know, just to help out my buddy, Steve. Yeah. And, and that's the fundamental problem with the way most people approach referrals is that it's all, all of the, the benefit accrues to you and all of the risk accrues to the client or the referral partner that you hope will refer you. And it's not that they don't like you. I mean, I, I don't even think that's the driver for most people. The, the reason most people refer is they want to feel good about it. They want to be seen as, as kind of a, um, somebody that's in the know that, that has yeah. a network, you know, um, a mover and a shaker almost. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that goes for whether they're B2B or, you know, even with consumers, we see that same behavior. And so it's the reason that they refer is really all about them. And, um, and so the reason we ask is all about us. And so you've got conflicting interests there. Well, if we can align with their interests and remove all of the risk, then all of a sudden you unlock massive amounts of referrals. There are referrals hidden in your network right now waiting for you to approach them the right way and unlock them. Um, and the first thing you need to do is you need to remove the risk. And, and the way you do that is you remove the sales meeting as, as the, the main focus of, of that referral. So if I go and I ask you kind of the way I did earlier, you know, essentially what I'm asking you to do is to put me in a meeting, you know, whether it's on the phone or, you know, or get me in an email exchange or whatever, mm. um, with somebody who could be a potential client. And that's, that's a sales process right there. It's a sales meeting that, that I'm trying to get you to basically set up for me. And that's risky. Nobody likes to go to sales meetings. I sell for a living. I don't like to go to sales <laughs> meetings, you know, unless I'm doing the selling. So, um, you know, I, I think, um, 
that that if you can remove that and then replace it with something that's actually valuable and and really enhances the the image of that that person making the referral then you you now have got everybody's interests aligned and the way that we do that is with information so we take all of the information that you might have conveyed to that potential client in the sales process and we just package it up and so we might package it up in the form of a short book um, which we're now beginning to do with clients uh, as a part of their podcast launch. Usually the first six episodes will actually outline a book for them and uh, you know, we'll interview them to get all the content chapter by chapter and then have a writer go and, and write it. But um, you know, so it, it can be an easy thing to get together. So we might package it in a short book. Yeah. We might package it as, as your presentation. So we talked about the pre-sell presentation that can be a really great, um, packaged up information piece. We call it a referral kit that you can invite people to. And yeah. so we've got one, one client who puts, you know, 50 to a hundred people in a seminar room, um, usually about every five or six weeks. And it's a combination of existing clients and those clients will bring friends of theirs with them. They'll bring colleagues with them because the presentation is on a topic. that's really, really, um, valuable for those uh, friends of clients to hear. And so the client gets to look like a hero because they're brought in and they're treated to this really first class experience and, you know, and, and their friend is treated to that first class experience and, um, and they get to look like they're, you know, as you said, a really a mover and a shaker. So that's one way you can do it. Um, and, um, and, and in doing it that way, there's no risk. You know, if, if I come to you, Ben, and, and say, um, well, I, we, we actually, if you're okay with it, we could do it here. I'd love to share my new book podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I might come to you and say, Hey, um, Ben, I, I've got a new book out. It's called podcast prospecting. I'm, I'm on a mission to change the way that consultants go out and market their businesses and attract clients. Um, really passionate about this because we've seen it really help so many consultants. And as you know, I wrote a book on it and I would love to share it with everybody that, um, you think would benefit from it. What do you say? Sounds good. Yeah, right. I'd, because guess what? I'm giving you the opportunity to look like a hero to everyone in your network. Absolutely. Help them help yeah. themselves. And, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm doing it coming from what, uh, uh, with kind of a, a posture that I call purity of intent. Mm -hmm. So I can come to you and say that and because I've packaged it up in a book or in a presentation that people can attend, it, it's, it, it doesn't take any more energy or effort or money for me to come to you and allow you to give that out to a hundred people than it, it does for me to have you give it to one. So it scales. So I can, you know, I can come to you and you can give it to people who will never become a client of mine, but giving them the book fulfills that mission. And I'm truly serious about that. You have to have that purity of intent. Yeah. Um, and know that, you know, you're going to get, your fair share and probably more than your fair share, frankly, uh, of new business from that. But by approaching it that way, you actually allow that, that client or that partner to share it much more broadly because they go, yeah, I, mm. I would love to be a part of that mission. I know people that could benefit from that, you know, <laughs> and instead of it being about you getting business, you've now elevated it. It's about how can you go together and, you know, go and, and, and fulfill that mission. 
Yeah, I really like that. We, we mentioned it in passing earlier, but the abundance mindset, it's versus the scarcity mindset. This is about creating that abundant approach uh, where everyone wins. But, uh, and you know, it's not just hiding content behind locked gates and things like that. It's sharing and I, I can see that working. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Uh, so you mentioned Seth Godin earlier and he's got this uh, video. There's, it's on YouTube. Um, and uh, he talks about the idea that obscurity is actually the, the bigger enemy. It's not piracy that's the enemy for small <laughs> businesses. Yeah. It's obscurity, you know? You know, so you need to get your, all of your intellectual property out there yeah. um, and selling for you. Let the ideas do the selling. Uh, that's something that I, uh, that I talk a little bit about in, in the new book um, because it's far more valuable to you out there than it is if you keep it locked up. Definitely. And you mentioned earlier that um, people would be able to uh, access the book or get more details about the book. So what should they do regarding yeah, the book? So um, what, what, we've, uh, what we've done, we've set up a page uh, just for your listeners. So if they go to unstoppableceo.net, slash hrbiz b-i-z hrbiz so unstoppableceo.net slash hrbiz they'll be able to um, get the book they'll see there'll be a picture of it on that page and they'll be able to download it there um, for free um, and save save the ten dollars you won't have to send it to amazon (laughs) uh, yeah so go and grab it Um, i'm I'm really excited about it again we are on a mission to to change the way that uh, the consultants are are generating new business and um, we've seen a lot of success with this method nice. and I hope people get the book and, and are inspired by it. Well, that's very kind of you. And if you're listening to this on the go, like me, I'm in the, the car or whatever and listening to the podcast, that link will be in the show notes. So just go to the show notes page and you'll get that link and uh, where Steve has very kindly shared that. And what about the business in general, Steve, what should people do next if they want to learn about you, work with you, etc.? cetera? Uh, best thing to do is go to that uh, Go to that page and there's a link on there as well. If you'd like to um, just have a chat, um, there's a, a link where you can book a, a 15 minute call and we can get to know each other and, and uh, decide whether or not we're a fit and whether or not we should keep talking. Perfect. Well, that's excellent. It's a wonderful framework and uh, not just a system, but I love the thinking behind it and the, the attitude. Um, I don't want to go into the abundance mindset stuff again, but there's, there's a, quite a connection there. So I'm really impressed with the whole process. So Steve, thank you very much for joining me and for sharing all of this uh, information and these excellent insights. Thanks, Ben. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.